Lord, man, I'm a special guy, huh? Really am. Boy, you really added the secret sauce when you brought me about. Now, didn't you? I've been wasting whatever talent you may or may have not given me. I don't know. Alcohol, priorities in the wrong end zone, dishonesty, laziness. Even Dean Wormer has something to say about that. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. But yet somehow still blessed with the best supporting cast in North America, whether that's the drunk neighbor talking about Alabama's coordinators today. Tommy Bench, even though he's out today, will give him a pass. Bro Exotic, definitely, and his boss. What the hell is that? You know what it is, bitch. Bang! Now, don't kill me on that. That word is in Genesis 39 in the big book you like out there that we all like, but that's okay. Look, I'm seeing things a lot clearer now, even clearer than before in February of 2022, after the great clearness, as I like to call it. But once again, I have to say, you did do your part. You did what you said you were going to do. You did do your part. So now I'll do mine. Yeah. It's mine. Welcome to the Sports Antelope, episode number 138. I'm your host, Danny Belts. Yeah, it's mine. You going brave harder on them? You're damn right I am. But first, I got something for you. Sing it, Kenny! Kenny Loggins, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. The Saints won a Super Bowl, pigs flew, somehow Trump was elected president, crazy stuff happens. And just on the same line of craziness, it looks like my daughter somehow is going to see the Grateful Dead with the drunk neighbor at Jazz Fest. I cannot believe it, but I'm going because we all know Kenny Loggins is coming and I will be wearing no pants. And if I am wearing pants, no boxers. Don't worry about why. It's totally normal. If you don't think it is, it sounds like a you problem. This is going to be the best episode we've ever done for a ton of reasons. Except the fact that Tommy Bench is out, so let's just smash him right now. Oh, he's stuck on a plane in a tarmac in Newark. Yes, yes, and he sucks. Once again, no, I'm just kidding, it's okay. Pete Buttigieg killing it right now in that role. I'm sorry I had to. He is going to be out, but that's okay with us in animal spirit. Bro Exotic is in. Oh, boy. Is that a... Okay, just stick around for that one. I'm not going to say another word about that. The Young Woken. Who's that? You know who it is. You know what it is, bitch. He's coming on here. We got to talk about the Phoenix. Their money-grubbing athletic director. Give to the Phoenix. We just lost by 56 to IUPPIUPPI. But just give to the Phoenix. Who cares? It's hilarious. This guy breaks the mold in his debut. The Drunk Neighbor. Coming in here. I think he's batting third. He's batting Bregman right now. Third, pretty much runners on the corners. One out. This guy's going to make it happen. A soliloquy, he could not make the show. But the guy just has the dedication of a stormtrooper, doesn't he? I mean, you thought he was dedicated when he went to the insurrection on January 6th? He was passing out Viking helmets? Oh, yeah. He was there. That's dedication. Actually, he wasn't there. So no need to, no need to dox or cancel that man. He doesn't have time for that. But he's coming in to discuss Alabama's coordinator situation, and it's under the radar. And it is a great rip. So almost the full house, but maybe the young Woken can bear the weight 
of Tommy Bench. We shall see. Big shoes to fill. I think he is like a size 14. You know what they say about guys with big feet, right? They have big turds. That's what I heard. Everybody knows this. And a quick update while we're housekeeping. Benny Hanna, the... What is he again? Ah, yes, it slipped me. The Minister of Moral Obligation. There are movies coming up. We had a talk. Solidifying that the sports antidote is going to pay for these tickets and the family with concessions. Okay? Because Spotify is the one actually going to pay for it because we're making a little money now. This is great, man. Brother's got a little change over here. Just, just give the money, right? Uh, so that's going to be great. I mean, it's not just the Avatar and then the, uh, the imminent Hunger Games bomb that is going to come. But there's some good movies this guy wants to talk about. He also is in the sci-fi realm with me. I'm not a Star Trek guy. I don't think he is either. But he is a Star Wars guy. Totally fine. But I do want to hear what's going on with these movies. And boy, I tell you what, we got a couple coming. You are going to want to do this. We are spending the money so you don't have to. You don't have to go see a bad movie. Just take the man's word for it. Just like if you went and saw Avatar after his review, after the white men caught the blue people, let them go, caught them again. Blue people left. The white guys caught him. The white man, he just kept catching people till he got bored. This is exactly what happened in that movie. I mean, I hate to pit the whites versus the blues, but, you know, that's what happened. So anyway, we look forward to having him coming on here. I'm excited for the Young Woken, and I'm just excited for this show for so many reasons. You know, it occurred to me last week when I'm just not focused. The show does not come out well, and if I don't do my part well, well, then I am just wasting your collective time. The smart people will typically just fast-forward me and go right to Bro Exotic, probably then the drunk neighbor, and then tell me, Bench, you know, that's a good move. That's a good move. I can't say I would uh, say that's a bad one. Uh, but nonetheless, there's some things that I have pulled back. Cow back in the barn, and I am firing on all 12 cylinders of American muscle today. Believe that, and you will tell somebody about this show without me telling you to do it. But I'm going to do that anyway. Be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Follow us on Instagram at the Sports Antidote. Reach out and touch a brother and tell somebody about the Sports Antidote today. And then go bet the Eagles with the rest of the public trash and lose your kids' college fund. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a little bit. So we need to clear some clear the room here for a few things. Clear the air. LeBron James. Now, we all know how I feel about LeBron. Uh, LeBron, clearly one of the greatest players of all times. Might be the greatest player of all time. Kind of getting tough to argue this now. Is this dude's going to have you know multiple championships and multiple teams? There's a lot of cons that come with that, but I'm taking a different approach here. And not to be contrarian, it's just the way I feel. I think he abuses his public platform because he's uneducated on a lot of issues, and he recently just did this again. This is so classic LeBron that it is unbelievable. So he posted a video that Morgan Freeman did about Black History Month, but what he didn't know is Morgan Freeman was bashing Black History Month, <laughs> which he can do because he's black. And someone probably told LeBron about this, because, and then LeBron had to go delete it, right? But it was too late. But this is LeBron because LeBron didn't watch the video. This is a microcosm of LeBron James' behavior on and off the court. And before I can even really hit the guy over the head with anything, whether he reads the first page in a book for a photo op or whatever he does that's really stupid. Remember when he was asked why people voted for Trump? I quote, they wasn't educated enough, things like that. If you're going to really get into that realm, well, let's conjugate verbs correctly. That'd be a good start. But I don't want to go down that road because LeBron's done a lot of good. And that's kind of what I want to talk about here for a quick minute. Most of this isn't even really his fault. This guy's been glorified since he was 15. And I have to tell you, if you gave me fame and fortune before I was old enough to 
old enough to go like, what can you do at 18? Go buy a pack of cigarettes? Because that's basically what happened with LeBron. I wouldn't have seen 19. I'd have been dead. This dude's handled himself extremely well with wild fame and fortune. Never any problems with the law. Nothing. Nothing. Not even a parking ticket. And you would know otherwise. And LeBron has broken a record that will not be broken for an incredibly long time. Matter of fact, it will never be broken. And I would bet on that right now. If this record is going to be broken, it's going to have to be a guy built like LeBron with the work ethic of LeBron as far as keeping his body the way that he does to play 90-something percent of every single season for the better part of almost two and a half decades because that's what it's going to be when he's about to retire, maybe more. I don't know. And in the days of the NBA, pussifying everything with load management and all these other things with people sitting, it will never be broken. And LeBron is not done. And he's still better than most people in the NBA. He's still like a top 20 player in the world. He's not a top 10. Stop all that's ridiculous. But someone tried to say, who was it? I forgot. What's the guy's name? I'm looking at his dumb face. You know, Luca and LeBron aren't really that different. Yeah, they are. I'm sorry. They're, 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 they're different in a lot of ways. Uh, but, um, but I think LeBron does have a bigger penis. I don't know how to really quantify that. And that does sound kind of weird. But I would take LeBron in the over on that. Well, what's, the, what's all this phallus talk? I'm gonna go, I don't know, man. I'm kind of weird. I'm talking about seeing Kenny Loggins with no pants. But LeBron James will hold that record forever. It will not be broken. Because it's gonna, it, it's a game being played now, much like Cal Ripken's streak, and I'm with Cal Rip. That that's the most impressive thing in sports, period, in my opinion. But LeBron's has now crashed into the top three minimum because that that is not going to be broken. All Brady's records will be broken by a quarterback. The way the game's changing towards quarterbacks, Mahomes' records will be broken, and soon there'll be guys throwing for eight thousand yards in fifteen years. I don't even know if there's still football at that point. It might not even be a pass rush. I don't know. Sarcastaball with South Park is really, really prophetic um, at this point. But for LeBron James to keep his body in that shape for that long of time, that duration of time, to play as physical as he does, even though I don't agree with a lot of things that he does on the court, we won't even discuss off the court, for me to sit here and act like that's not a monumental accomplishment would be a very, very massive disservice to everyone because that is a ridiculous, ridiculous feat to accomplish that at that age. To pass up the names that he did uh, certainly does not go unrecognized on this show to be completely objective, and that is what we try to do. And speaking of objectivity, if you didn't see recently, there was an awards show where we're just glorifying the devil and everything. Remember a couple weeks ago, was it last week or two weeks ago, I said, if you're about bringing a six-year-old to a transgender drag show, it's basically not about race or politics. It's about like maybe like good and evil or like God and Satan, I guess. Uh, Because anybody that thinks a six-year-old boy should be at a trans show while a man has a microphone as a phallus over where his penis would be while he grabs the back of a six-year-old boy's head, pulling him into the microphone that looks like a dick. Yeah, we got some problems there. And that is straight-up devil stuff, right? That's beyond the occult. That's just straight-up demonic. Let's just call it what it is, satanic. It is. Um, And CBS did something that, uh, that they probably shouldn't have. But then again, CBS is going to do a lot of things that they should have. So I'm going to read you this article. And, and I just, uh, you know, these are the things in the beginning I like to get out of the way, but not just to say it, to eat up clock because we don't have enough clock. Uh, we just run too quick here. We'll go five hours. We can't do that now, can we? Uh, I'm going to read you this and you can make up your mind for your own. Tell me what you think. Email me, text me. Hit me up direct message on Twitter. <laughs> so Sam Smith, I really don't even know who that is. I'm sure he's really, really cool. 
This is going to be special with a tongue sticking out. Hashtag Grammys at Recording Academy and at some person. I don't know who they are. And it looks like they're getting ready for the big performance of when they're going to be incorporating like the devil again for like the second year in a row. The devil's not cool. You don't have to like God, but the devil, uh, yeah, not cool with that. Can't let you around my kid. Can't let you in my house. Um, CBS, CBS, not a fake handle or a fake, this is not a troll account. This is CBS's account. You can say that again. We are ready to worship. Worship. They deleted that tweet. You can still see it. People are posting it everywhere. There's a difference between saying we are ready to watch this. We are ready to cheer for this. But to have a statement with that type of predicate and to describe things a certain way, worship is a very distinct word with a very distinct meaning. And they showed their cards when they didn't mean to. And then they tried to muck it, but it's too late. We saw it. We are ready to worship. In other words, we're ready to worship the devil. Well, you're looking into it too deeply. Am I? Now, if anything, it's not being looked, it's not being looked into deeply enough by someone that has a lot of check, I don't know, some power with thousands, millions of followers. Be like, what is this about? Because I'm not about that. And I can guarantee you, if you went and pulled every white and black and Chinese, Hispanic, whatever American, doesn't matter where you're from, from all sides of religion and race and upbringing, 99% of those people, if asked this question, do you like the devil? They're going to say no. So I'm just curious why CBS thinks that's like a good thing. It does kind of bring a little light to some of these crazy rumors that float out there about drinking the blood of children and stupid shit like that. I'm not saying that actually happens, but man, like for a major network to say that and then not really even say anything afterward, I don't care what side of the fence you're on for anything. Uh, You can't do that. That's bad. So we're going to go ahead and put, I need to get with Bro Exotic about cancel review, although I don't think that, never mind, I can't talk to Bro Exotic about that. But I can talk to Bro Exotic about this before we get into our, our title here. So the Young Woken sends me an article here from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Okay, this was published 1047 a.m. Central Time, September 20th, 2022. So this is a little old, but I never heard this. I mean, I, I ain't leaving though I say this. This is what the article says. Court, colon, right? Prison must exempt Muslim in prison must exempt Muslim inmate from strip search by transgender guards. Reports reports Bruce Vilmetti. Yeah, something like that. I butchered that. One more time. Prison must exempt Muslim inmate from strip search by transgender guards. My God. I mean, where do we even get offended there? Does the cancel, is there a cancellation effect? Are they like the additive inverse? I mean, is it like kind of one of those, you punch me, I punch you twice, then you get me next week and we're even? I mean, there's so much going on there with a Muslim transgender guards. Bro Exotic needs to do it. The the Church of Woke needs to get on this. I need to not do their job for them. Uh, but I shouldn't be breaking this news to the church of Woken. I just did. See, like, see how versatile I am? You think you get this on other podcasts and you just don't. Now, do you? So we got to talk about this Super Bowl coming up here. I don't know what it is. I don't speak Roman numeral. I don't even know, but it's Super Bowl crazy. And I have something I want to talk about that will tie directly into that. 
You heard it in the introduction. I'll play it for you again real quick, just so you're actually, here's the whole thing. Here's where this whole thing goes down, so to speak. The answer to your question is yes. You fight for me, you get to kill the English. Excellent. Stephen is my name. I'm the most wanted man on my island. Except I'm not on my island, of course. Most the pity. Your island? You mean Ireland? Yeah, it's mine. So in Braveheart, this is probably the best scene in the entire movie. That's a big statement because there's a lot of good scenes in that movie, and it's a great movie. If you come to me as a man and say, I don't like Braveheart, I won't let you around my kid. How can I? I, would, what, I mean, I will just automatically assume that you want to take her to a trans drag show. That's, that's, that's a very radical thing to think when I hear you don't like Braveheart, but I have to think a lot of things if you say that. And if you don't like it, do us all, just delete my number from your phone. Let's just make it easier. So anyway, Stephen pops up. Stephen is my name. You know, that did not sound Irish at all. But anyway, he comes over here. He starts eating some of the stew, starts mucking it up with the guys, starts talking to God when he gets called out on that, right? <laughs> like right here. Is your father a ghost? Or would you converse with the Almighty? In order to find his equal, an Irishman is forced to talk to God. Yes, Father. The Almighty says, don't change the subject. Just answer the fucking question. Yes, of course he converses with the Almighty, right? What Irishman doesn't? <laughs> what a great, what a great scene, everything. But when he is asked, you know, you're Ireland. You mean Ireland? Yeah, it's mine. And I love how he does say, but I'm not on my island, of course. More's the pity. More's the pity. Google that. I don't hear that phrase enough. Well, you're going to hear it a lot because that's in the shuffle. Uh, he does not like the shuffle. He came up with the shuffle. That's what happens when I get something in my head and I run it out in the, in the ground for about three months and then replace it with something equally or more annoying. It's really how I really push my wife to want to change the locks at least four times a year. It's a quarterly thing. But this scene speaks to this volumes to, to so many things. What this guy has convinced himself, and this man is a warrior in this movie, and he saves Mel Gibson's life, William Wallace's life, Several times, particularly once when he's hunting a deer and then William Wallace is being hunted by one of the, the insurgents and then this guy kills him and then talks about, oh, the Lord brought me to watch your back and then he pulls the sword out of the dead guy that he threw like a knife. It was a fight, you know, hits him in the chest, kills him. And he goes, he wasn't right in the head. That's <laughs> one of the best lines. This guy is just great. But what the Irishman Stephen does here in front of the Scottish is he knows that he doesn't actually own Ireland, even though he's a madman, as they say. You're a madman. I come to the right place. Yeah, you have. Everyone's crazy here. He doesn't believe that he owns that island, but don't tell him that he doesn't believe that, right? Oh, he does think that. He does. And because he thinks that it is his island and because he thinks he's doing the Lord's work, regardless of what side of the fight in this one the Lord may be on, I have no idea. William Wallace is a pretty bad person if you go read about him in the Britannica, but that's not how we want to talk about that in the movie, right? Sure. Yeah, just like uh, the Woman King. Yeah, that story. Woo. Yeah, not so accurate. Uh, we're going to be talking about that one in April. Sorry, I had to bring that up, but we are definitely going to be talking about that. Uh, wow, just taking, taking history and just throwing it into a blender and seeing what comes out, right? Right. Well, guess what came out of that movie? Another box office flop. Shocker. 
but the mentality of saying, yeah, it's mine. You know, this is the altered mentality that places you in the mindset of and only of at the present time, yeah, it's mine. That's a powerful statement. It's not about tricking yourself. It's not even about telling yourself or convincing yourself that you own an island, which clearly you do not. I think there was a guy that owned an island that had a bunch of kids in there. I don't know. I didn't really hear much about that. He did own that island. But in this case, we know he knows that he does not actually own it. And there's actually some dialogue later in the movie that shows that he's not as crazy as he may think. And he knows he doesn't have Ireland in his back pocket, but he thinks that he does and he fights like he does. And that's all that really matters. It's not the trick or the illusion for anything. It's the reality. He makes it, which is a big difference between any illusion. You can make your own reality, and sometimes it's not a bad idea. Now, I'm not talking about Eric Cartman sitting in the backyard playing with Clyde Frog and Polly Prissy Pants, right? But I'm talking about normal situations that we have to deal with, okay? When you're just going to have to tell yourself one day, yeah, it's mine. Well, it's impossible. You can't get it. It's mine. The directions that I could go with this, I mean, it was hard to narrow down the notes. But in a conscious effort to keep this as timeliness and effective as possible, I think I found the ones that are most pertinent or important, pertinent and important to me, that will play in to the end of what I want to discuss here, which is going to be the comparison, if you haven't figured it out yet, a quote from Braveheart in comparison to a massive Super Bowl where these are undoubtedly the two best teams in the NFL, full stop, period. We talk about sales so much on this show, and I always say why. There's a lot of salespeople that listen to this. Many I've met, many I don't know. Good thing. People talk about the show. I like that, and I appreciate that. But there comes a time in your sales career where it's no longer sales, and this is what something we're absolutely going to be touching base on. And it's called the war paint. You're going to like this one if you're in sales because I feel we don't really treat this like the war that it is. But make no mistake, this is a war. You want to know why it's a war? Because somebody's trying to ruin your life. Yeah. There's a guy with another color uniform with a similar product or comparable or service that is trying to take your business and or keep you out from getting his. That is a war. There are people trying to affect your paycheck. It's called competition, very healthy. But make no mistake, there is no war like this nearly, not even in American politics, because all that is bullshit. Because at the end of the day, when they lose whatever election, we'll just keep all the campaign money anyway funnel that over here circle that back we can run it through this that and the other and i'm not working anymore and there's never been a politician ever that's lost a major election and then goes well i gotta go back to flipping burgers it's not how it works but boy i'll tell you what when you lose a big sale and you're up against it and you're counting on this man it sucks it really does it hurts to get beat oh you didn't just get beat in some game you got beat at life there's a difference. That shit hurts. 
I've lost some big sales. And I like to think it's because I didn't do what I had to do as well as I could have, but that, that is some alternate universe, right? With sugar plums and fairies. It's because somebody did their job better than me. That's why. This guy came in and beat you. Deal with it. Well, he was undercutting the... But he beat you. Deal with it. Or do something about it. There's some loud cars outside. Another loud hotel. There was a time not long ago where my sales career was just not going in the right direction. All other things aside that may many people know or don't know happening to me off the field, shelf that, doesn't matter. I had lost focus, but not just focus. I had lost, lost the tenacious ability that I was born with to get stuff done, no matter the cost, get it done. And I will figure out ways to do that. I'm like a rat. I really am. I'll find a way in. I'll find a way out. And I don't need much room. Sometimes that is done or has been done in the past, not in, we'll say, I guess, the best of ways. The integrity of the sale compromised to an extent at some point, not with this company, but in a different company. But the point was what I'm trying to say is here is that there was a day in my car where I looked over and saw the car of the competition, a man that had been beating me, but not just beating me in this game of sales, really beating me in life. You know, if, you know how that feels? It sucks. I've never wrestled before, right? But I've seen my friends wrestle, and when they get pinned, god damn, that looks like something that would make me, I, would, I don't know what I would do. You just got dominated, your shoulders are on the ground, and he just banged you. I mean, not really, but there's no excuses. That's what I like about wrestling. There's no, well, I didn't have a timeout. In the, nah, nah, it's just you, you lost, you got pinned. He's better than you. I don't know, stronger than you. Hit the weights, run another mile, do something. You certainly didn't go into this saying, yeah, it's mine. I went into this saying, yeah, it's yours. It's not mine. I'm looking at this guy, run a train on my sales career. It was insane. And they had an inferior program that was more expensive. I'm being totally candid here. How is this possible? I think I'm pretty good. Maybe you're not. Maybe he's just really good. Who gives a shit? Who cares? It's not about him. It's about you. And the reason why this is happening, Belts, is because you don't have the war paint on. So put it on. You walk in there with some paint on your face, what's the guy going to say? I don't know what he would say, but let's ask the Braveheart guy. What would the other goon say that Mel Gibson had? He'd probably say this. Well, I didn't get dressed up for nothing. That's right, Mr. Decision Maker. I didn't get all dressed up for nothing. I saw that man's car. I'm telling you, I've walked past his car before. I like the guy. He's organized. He's really good. All right? I tend to know a lot about things and entities or people I don't like. It's a weird thing. Right? I know more about Obama than I do my wife. <laughs> but the problem... <laughs> but the problem... What, what, what this does... And, and, and look, the dude, I mean... You know, he goes to the gym, he takes care of himself, he's organized. This is a good sales guy. He's really smart, like a really smart guy. I actually heard him give this pitch one time. He doesn't know that. Boy, it was good. It was better than mine. He's a better sales guy. He's just better. But boy, when I saw that car in there, for some reason, I played this clip in my car of this guy, Steven, just saying, yeah, it's mine. And God, I just was like, what? 
why are you doing this? Why? Why this whole time are you going about business the way that you are against this man? This is not how you do things. You do not cuck. You're proud, but you're not a fool. Don't you have any self-respect? Like, you're going to let this happen? Well, I tell you what. I really, really, really did get the war paint on. I really, really went in there. Really, really. Sound like a little kid. And nailed it. And not because that guy didn't do a great job. He probably did a great job. I just did a better job this one time. And then I rinsed and repeat, duplicated that same intensity, even with all the same stupid shit happening to me off the field, and should have won salesperson of the year. Didn't. That's okay. This is a few years ago. Previous cup. Doesn't matter. The point is, is that I was able to figure this out once, get the war paint on, realize, tell myself in the car, this, you're going to lose it if you don't say, yeah, it's mine. It's mine. He's beat you 106 times in a run out of 107. Because this one, today, it's mine. The battle will flip, and the war against this guy will follow. I'll tell you the rest of that story when we talk about the war paint. I just love talking about podcasts I'm going to do and then never do them. <laughs> I do, if you guys actually follow that. I just thought I'd jam that in there. Some people are like, you actually do that? I'm like, yeah, you don't listen to it. That's okay. You just told on yourself. Idiot. But saying that it's mine in a professional environment, a war environment, where someone's trying to ruin your life, so then you need to try to ruin theirs. This is the very, you know, very elementary, barbaric, primitive way to look at this, but you know I'm right. But it, it shifts like most things, and it can be looked at through a different lens. Oh, Bounce is going to the family. Yeah, I am, and there's a reason why. The reason is because when you have this mentality, this needs to be a hybrid type. This needs to have diversity. This needs to be a chameleon. Not that you are being different and you are not being yourself, but this persona of, yeah, it's mine, has to have a place and it has to have a home. And the place in the home for how you're going to do this in someone's office, hey, Mr. Decision Maker, have you made your decision for Christ? Great, then let's do this. No. Because when you take that war paint mentality home, things aren't really going to be operating the way that you want. Take it from me. So you got to change pace. Things aren't going right at home. Things aren't going well. What do we do? Boy, one of my best friends in this world, great guy, was struggling with a lot of things that I was struggling with. We are very similar in many ways. We like to play cards and stuff, you know. We, we like to drink. We both have daughters, singular versus plural, doesn't matter. And what was happening to him had already happened to me. I was just kind of out of the woods. And we've had some serious talks. And he was able to take whatever I was able to say, however stupidly I was able to somehow articulate whatever thought that was out of a plastic bag in my back pocket, I guess. I was like, oh, what's this? It's like it works. Hey, let me tell you how this goes. The thing is... Is it wait, a plastic bag, but you got drugs? No, I just mean a stupid idea that's in a wrinkled piece of paper that I take out of some Ziploc bag that still has ham and mayonnaise on it from the sandwich that I didn't eat three days ago. But the thing here is that this mentality isn't just about taking a sale and taking commission and taking control of a professional situation. What this guy had to do and what he was able to do was wake up one day, put the bottle in the trash can where it belongs 
get his head together and realize that everything is slipping away, your job, your family, and this, much like me, is your fault. Okay, now what are you going to do about it? Well, it happened fast. None of that stuff happened. We didn't have to go down that road. I didn't, thank God, nor did he. Why? Because he just simply said, yeah, it's mine. What is his? Of course his family says. I don't need to talk about the possession of people. Slavery. No, I just mean that in the tense. I don't need to talk about the aspect of that, whether that be internal or external. All I mean to say is it's mine is your life. Your life. Get a hold of it. Because that is also yours. Much like that sail was mine. And much like the island was Stevens. It doesn't matter. The mentality. Not the persona. And not a cape. Not a mask. We're just getting into character. Why? Because if we don't. If I don't act like this island is mine. Then someone's going to take it. Or something. Or some entity. Or hell. Maybe the devil just ruins everything. I have no idea. But he was able to regain his island. And I applaud that effort. April 27th, 2017 was one of the more significant days in the history of the NFL as Patrick LeVon Mahomes would be drafted to the Kansas City Chiefs. Mel Kuyper, NFL extraordinaire, Gave this a C plus, a C plus, and was outspoken about not giving the Saints all those draft getting all those draft picks to the Saints for them to get Patrick Mahomes. Well, another freezing cold take from Mel Kiper. It's almost as great as Jimmy Clausen first round lock. I will retire tomorrow if this man's not in the Hall of Fame. How does Mel Kiper still have a job? That's too easy. The fruit is it's below the ground there. But Patrick Mahomes, a very interesting guy. Winchuk Knobloch, AL MVP, four-time World Series champion and a friend of the show and a personal friend of mine and the Drunk Neighbors, was on this show for three hours and 45 minutes over the span of three episodes. He talked about playing with Patrick Mahomes' dad his rookie year in Minnesota because he was in the bullpen while Knobloch was at second base and had nothing but good things to say about the guy and certainly roots for Patrick because his father was a great man. No shock there. Mahomes does things that we have never seen in our lives. We just haven't. And I'm sorry. Name me a quarterback that does stuff like that. I don't need to get into everything. You know what I'm talking about. And just in case you don't, I'm talking about throwing the football to impossible areas with impossible trajectories with impossible velocity that continues to hit people in the chin strap. Yeah, that. See Patrick Mahomes' vertical upside-down pass to Travis Kelsey in the Super Bowl against Tampa. You'll get all you want right there. How did he drop that? Idiot, Kelsey. Stupid. Oh, boy. Another L for Danny B. Well, Mahomes is clearly the most special player I've ever seen in my life in almost any sport. I'll just come out with it. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't understand what he does bad. What does he do badly? Like what? Breeze? Had a lot of things. First battle Hall of Famer. Guy's got stats out to the wall. He's one of the great top five quarterback. I'll die on that hill. Top five quarterback. And if you want to argue with me here, 
You better come correct. And if you bring that Dan Marino shit to me, I hope you brought some armor. You're going to need it because I'm going to pound on you. And not with my opinion because I don't even like Drew Brees. <laughs> that aside. A lot of tip passes, interceptions. Brees didn't do well versus certain teams. Struggled in windy games. Wind, it wasn't good for him. Whereas other quarterbacks could really just chop that thing through the wind. Didn't really mind it. Didn't matter to them as much. You know, every quarterback kind of has their, uh, their Achilles heel, so to speak. The better you get, the smaller the heel. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning wasn't really good when they got down early, believe it or not. He was way better as a quarterback with the lead. But when people were able to drop back in coverage to know that Peyton Manning was going to throw, this is really where he had the worst parts of his career, notwithstanding the Super Bowl, the pick six, the Tracy Porter. But in general, Peyton Manning wasn't the comeback guy that everybody kind of wants to think he is. Matter of fact, most of his interceptions and bonehead plays came in these exact situations. I'll bet you $1,000 he would tell you that. Or if he didn't tell you that, if you polygraphed him, I would be correct. Tom Brady's are even smaller. Right, You get to that guy, and there's some things that Brady could have done better, I guess. I don't really know what that is. I mean, <laughs> but at the same time, you can see what I'm saying. I don't know what Mahomes is. I don't think he has one. When he makes a mistake, I'm kind of like, huh? What? What happened? You know, I've always said, when Alabama loses, it's news. They lose, it's news. Kind of like the Chiefs these days almost, the Patriots at one point. It's a thing. Mahomes threw a pick? What? And I, I, I said last week... I said, I think Mahomes is better than 90% of the NFL when he's hurt. Well, I was wrong. Because apparently he's better than 100% of the NFL when he's hurt. Because I think Joe Burrow is better than Josh Allen. And I think Joe Burrow is the second to best quarterback in the NFL. The Bengals have a better defense, a way better defense, than the Chiefs do. And Joe Burrow is 100% with arguably equal or better weapons only when it comes to, especially coming to, these deep balls as Jamar Chase clearly is somebody that can do things that no one on the Chiefs really can as they don't have Hill anymore for that. Mahomes still has a ton of weapons. Kelsey's one of the best players I've ever seen. And clearly they have one of the best coach teams ever. We get all these things. But Mahomes, Hurt, outplayed Burrow, and that's why they won. Joe Burrow, 26 for 41, 270 yards, one touchdown, and two really stupid bonehead interceptions. That's what lost in the game. Not a late hit on Mahomes. Those right there. What lost the Saints, the NFC Championship? Not a blown call. The two turnovers they forced on Jared Goff in the first quarter, and instead of going up 10 or 14 to nothing, went up 6 to nothing. That's why you lost. That's why you lost the game. Patrick Mahomes, 29 for 43, 326 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. He's just better than everybody. He is. He's been here before, right? Then came back again. Things didn't work out so well. How fitting now his offensive line was banged up a few years ago, the last time the Chiefs blessed us with their presence in the big game, and now it's their star player, who is not 100%. As a matter of fact, there's some inquiries now and some speculation. He may be in worse shape now or when the game comes than he was before. He took a beating. No one can stretch the play like Mahomes. It's kind of strange how he does it. He's not that fast, but boy, he's just, just fast enough. He can throw the football as far or farther than anyone I've ever seen. He can throw that ball 30 miles an hour on a lob touch right over a linebacker into a white fullback's hands that can't catch, and he can throw that goddamn thing 62 yards down the field on a deep post over the corner under the safety, and you'll have to get new teeth if you're not wearing a mouthpiece because it's going to hit you in the face. 
And he squares off against the best team in the NFL. The Eagles are the best team in the NFL. How can they not be? And Jalen Hurts is incredible. And what he's doing is unbelievable. His quarterback rating's gone up every year. His touchdowns have gone down. Excuse me. His turnovers go down. His sacks go down. Efficiency goes through the roof. He's wildly accurate. He's wildly strong. He can run. He can throw. He's a stud. Philadelphia Eagles do not really even have a weakness. I don't even know what it is. What? It's not special teams. Best special teams in the NFL. Is it their defense? Top five. Best turnover ratio. Turnover margin in the NFL. Certainly isn't their offense. They just broke a record for the most first quarter points. Tied a record nearly a second in the most first half points. Their only problem is they don't score much in the fourth. That's because everybody that's good is on the bench because they're up by 50 in pro football. The Eagles have jumped out to ludicrous leads. The only team to really hammer them was the New Orleans, the stupid team in New Orleans. God, I'm angry talking about stupid idiots. Well, they had Gardner Minshew. That same offense went to Dallas a week before that and had half a hundred on them. And then they scored one touchdown at home on a tip drill, broken play, bullshit touchdown to Brown. Whatever. Lattimore comes back, pick six, game over. And, of course, I get even more mad. I didn't watch one snap of that game. You have to believe me. I don't watch it. the stupid team in New Orleans anymore. And here I go again. God, tangent 101. Cow's back in the barn belts. This line coming out at one and a half triggered all kinds of smart money towards Philly. And I understand why. If you're reading into lines close under Super Bowls, you need to understand a couple things. This is the most heavily bet game in North America by far. Most of you know that. What you may not know is a lot of these action, a lot of the action out for the game, about 60%, is on everything else but the total and the spread, right? The prop bets, the cross-mogination prop bets. Will LeBron have more points and rebounds than this running back will have yards in the first half? There's all kinds of crazy shit the national anthem right, coin flip, all this crazy stuff, commercial props, it's so much fun. This takes in all kinds of money. The live betting is crazy. The prop bets for players, yards, receptions, all of these things. When the money came in early on Philadelphia, and I have it on very, very good authority and information that three of the better players in one of the biggest sports book in Reno, they hit the Eagles early and often. Money line, not laying the one and a half, very smart. Lay the minus 118 to the 110. Do not lay one and a half points. And if you're taking Kansas City, right, take the one and a half points. Nothing like putting five grand on a dumb money line to pay you 6% equity on a massive bet. And then the team that you bet on loses 27, 28 when you're getting one and a half. You want to know how to feel stupid? Do that. Want to know why? I have. I'm sitting here at my window. My car is not in the driveway because it's at the shop getting a new tire, tire number 656 in the last rolling 12 months. The UPS man pulls up and I'm watching him and he actually looks around. You know, he starts looking left to right. The garage is open. He sees my wife's mini SUV in the garage. Sees that my car isn't there and proceeds to bring a package close to my house. Now, how do I not know that this is not the setup for some sort of interracial porn regarding the salesman getting cuffed by the UPS man? Now, South Park did a whole thing on this. I believe it was Mr. FedExman. It wasn't the UPS. I don't care. Was it Amazon? It doesn't matter. 
care this man's walking over here. You trying to cock me, pal? I don't think so. I went out there and got that package so fast and he just handed it to me and said, here you go, man. Maybe he wasn't trying to cuck me. Probably an overreaction. Speaking of an overreaction, you've got to be shitting me right now. You're going to sit down here, you know, look me in the eye. Me, Danny Belts, 87 and 87 and 72 ATS, 6-2 and two on games of the year, 4-1 and one on the win totals. You're going to tell me, me, that the Chiefs don't have a chance? Well, I'll tell you this. As good as Jalen Hurts is, he ain't better than Patrick Mahomes. Now, Jalen Hurts. Creeping into that top five, if he can stay healthy, no doubt. I don't think anyone's going to argue that. Kid's electric. I don't think Mahomes came here to fail twice, but then again, he's hurt. Ooh, what do we do? We'll come back to that. My brothers have made a small fortune when taking the Eagles team total every first half over 13 and a half. I don't understand how that number never changes because the Eagles continue to score 14 points right around the first one minute and six seconds of every single game they play. It's like they're giving it away. FanDuel pulls down their pants. If you're a woman and they're a guy, they'll take the full peg, full nine-inch BBC, strap it on, it's over, and they take a pegging, a pegging, and another pegging. Can this continue? I don't even know how you take the Eagles team total under. I don't even think you can do that. Boy, I want to just to spite my youngest brother. Slap that kid in the face. But then again, he's right, because the Eagles keep doing this. People seem to think that's not going to happen. All the total dances around the standard 48 and a half, 49. It gets up to 50. Then why is the first half so low? And why am I getting plus money to take the side of the points? I don't know. Clay Travis likes the first half under. I like Clay Travis, but he cannot pick a white guy out of a complete African-American police witness lineup as opposed to picking a winner. I, on the other hand, can do one of these things. I can pick the lineup correctly and maybe give you the heavy side of a coin flip. Sports antidote, second to last pick of the year, 53.6%. Once again, I sound like a stupid tout. <coughs> oh, mother of God. We are taking the first half over 24 and a half plus 107 on FanDuel. You're going to give me seven cents to the dollar, pal? You don't think they can get more than 24 and a half points? It seems like a sucker move, but you're making it easy for me by giving me the plus money. I'll die on that hill. This could go over 35 in the first half. I don't know. Maybe a loser. We'll find out. The Sports Antidote on the record. 24 and a half first half over plus 107 on FanDuel's line. And I'm telling you what, Mr. UPS man, take that pack out of my house. Yes, you can bring that thing back. Or wait, never mind, we can't. No return policy either way. My wife's not even here. Double fake. I love Patrick Mahomes in this game. I stay away from all the stupid prop bets. Here's what I think is going to happen. I think it's going to be a close game. I really do. I think at the end, the Chiefs will be down by four. I think they'll get the football, and this man will have his chance to etch his name in the record books because if he wins another one, now you're in very unique company. And I don't mean two like Eli Manning one. What a fat... Anyway... So I think that Patrick Mahomes wins the game because of that. I think he wins the MVP. I think the Chiefs win this game. There's no value in betting MVP. Don't do it. Just take the Chiefs plus one and a half. Just give the money the Sports Antidote's last play of the year with the model music until college. We'll take the Chiefs one and a half. Has anybody seen Bro Exotic? Yeah, it's mine. Are you a white person who wants a lot of credit for helping to create racial equality while you do nothing to help create racial equality? If so, that means you want to be a woke white person. 
So listen up, because I'm going to give you your PhD in wokeology. Ladies and gentlemen, it is not often uh, that this man will be joining this conversation. I will allow Bro Exotic to introduce him, his wokeness. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Bro Exotic, and I'll let you take it from there. Uh, what's going on, dude? Bro Exotic, uh, Vice Pope of Cal Church of Woke. Uh, what's going on, dude? Sick. Yeah, man. Uh, we uh, tonight we are blessed with the uh, the presence of uh, of the woke pope. And uh, yeah, it's just I have uh, told you before, Mister Bro, that I prefer to introduce myself when addressing the public. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry, woke pope. Uh, what happened again? My bad, dude. Now a chant. So we we have a big game coming up here. Uh, Woke Pope, uh, Bro Exotic was talking about last week. So we'll just start there. Bro, you want to go ahead and take her away here? Uh, yeah, dude. Like we were saying last week, dude, we we're just outraged about the Chiefs uh, playing in the Super Bowl during the uh, Iroquois midwinter ceremony. Uh, we're taking the Eagles minus one and a half, dude. Uh, Church of Woke, we're not going to run for this. I have said before again, Mr. Bro, in matters of the church, I shall speak on behalf of the church. And the play is the under. (laughs) The under? Yes. Because I have stood with my brethren under the boot (laughs) of the white man for too long. I uh, clearly totally overstepped my boundaries, Woke Pope. Uh, thought we were thought, thought we were taking Eagles. As you do, Mr. Bro. Now to the task at hand. <laughs> I know that you wish to speak about your sports games incessantly, but I am here for a different purpose. I'm here for the Woke Pope's quarterly review of Mr. Bro Exotic's performance on behalf of the Woke Pope and his Woke Church. Wow. I hope you're prepared, Mr. Bro. Uh, well, uh, yeah, Woke Pope, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. Let's begin. <laughs> How many white men have you canceled this year, Mr. Bro? Uh, well, you know, uh, the usual suspects, uh, Tucker Carlson, Stephen Crowder, uh, Trump, Jeff Sessions, anti-Semite, Ben Shapiro, among others. You know, hashtag Marjorie Greens, a sociopath, hashtag uh, women's rights. How many black men have you canceled this year? Uh, that would be, uh, that, be zero. Uh, I'd have to cancel myself for that. Mm-hmm. All right. And how much white privilege have you checked this year, Mr. Brett? Uh, quite a bit. <laughs> um, I've uh, checked the white privilege privilege of uh, police departments all over the country, really, for their <laughs> racial hatred-driven murders uh, to uh, people of color by opening up uh, Buffalo Riot Wings franchises in those cities affected so that we as a people can peacefully protest public and private property until the police stop... Uh, Hunting down black people in the street. Hashtag LeBron. Hashtag CRT. Hmm. I see. 
And Mr. Bro, what have you done for women's rights? Actually, well, can I can I take this one? Because uh, really, I I've seen a lot of what Bro. Who is this is. that speaks? I'm sorry, Danny Belts. I'm the uh, the host of the show. You know what? Go on. I, I'm gonna. You know. <laughs> Uh, I'm just going to get back in my lane. Bro, why don't you go ahead and uh, take that one? Uh, yeah, dude. Um, so, obviously, we uh, we had a counsel, Alec Baldwin, who's also applicable to the first question. Uh, but for the uh, the rights of uh, Helena Hutchins, who he murdered, uh, so we canceled him real quick. He's, uh, he's going to be uh, making toilet wine for quite a while now in prison. Helena Hutchins uh, was what color? Uh, she was Hispanic, um, mm. and also I was the solid producer for uh, Wakanda Forever hashtag Women's Rights. Findings of your review. You are on a probationary period, Mister Bro, <laughs> and a performance improvement plan will be implemented. <laughs> Hey. Now and I have so- other affairs to attend to, gentlemen. Thank you for your time. <laughs> Thank Thursday. you, Bill. She got put on a pit, man. This <laughs> week. Thanks, your wokeness. No joke, stay woke, dude. Take care. <laughs> Hashtag classified ads. Hashtag I'm. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, it's every month or maybe even every year you get this opportunity. I give to you the young Woken. You've heard of him before. He has been mentioned several times on this show, a former co-worker up here in the great city of Green Bay. Young Woken. How's it going, bro? Uh, bro, it's it's going well. Danny Belts, always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, absolute honor to be on the show today. So thank you so much for for making some time for me tonight. What, what an unbelievable sales type response. Uh, you are welcome. Uh, good for you. <laughs> Very good. I'll respond to that email. I'll give you my business. <laughs> uh, so, uh, uh, yes, so much to talk about here. You know, last week I, I talked about and the reason we're doing this, and I've already said this, just so you know, is that Sometimes there's a, a, a day and a time to, to bet against the team that you love because you know they're going to lose, and then you have to write emails to the athletic director. I've done both of these. This is great. <laughs> and we're doing that right now with Joshua Moon, who's the AD of the Phoenix for the University of Wisconsin at Green Bay, I believe. UWGB, correct? You got it. It is. So let's just go off real quick and talk about uh, the recent happenings. Uh, I talked about the emails last week, but this is, this is really good. Bo Ryan's son. So say to say he's a bum, correct? I think all of Phoenix Nation would agree with you on that one. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, unlike father, unlike son. <laughs> I don't really understand what's going on with some of that. And then, you know, you see, you know, I'm writing. I do that, that, that email chain or email blast, whatever you want to call it, to these guys that I'm in this like gambling group with that I've talked about. I've, I've mentioned that to you. And, and on there, you saw a few days ago, 
hey, plus the three and a half. And you sent me a text. What were you thinking when that happened? <laughs> uh, I was a little shocked, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, I mean, it was, to be fair, I mean, we were playing a three and 22 team, you know, against the fight in Phoenix of Green Bay coming in at, I think, two and 21. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, clearly someone has to win this game. Yeah, and uh, Green Bay did not, and they get absolutely stumped. So you bet against your boys, and you won big. They go on the road and get crushed by a bad team. And I believe your friend mentioned that in the email, maybe, or did he email him since then? Actually, uh, you know, I have not seen an email come through, <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm not too sure about that one. But yes, we do all agree. <laughs> thirty-eight points. You can't win with thirty-eight points. Uh, I believe that was a point he brought up to the AD, Josh Moon. And so in, in carrying over the story, we see that they're playing the rival Milwaukee a couple days later on the road, 17 and a half point dog. They just got whipped by IUPPI, PPIUP. How can they play? How can they cover against Milwaukee? Right. I mean, it's impossible. Yeah. I mean, you get blown out by it. IUPUI, the the mighty Jags, like I said, three and two. You know they don't defend their home court well. Um, you you lost four in a row uh, going to Milwaukee. It's our only in-state rival in the conference. It's <laughs> it, it's it's our Super Bowl, right? I mean they they embarrassed us by fourteen points on our home floor earlier this season. Uh, <laughs> I mean, is this game out on ESPN? Uh, you know, and then, and then so Green Bay then goes over here to Milwaukee, and you have two bets, I believe. They were, what were they? Uh, well, of course, I saw the seventeen point spread to, to open up, and naturally, I bought down a, a couple points to fifteen minus fifteen. <laughs> the the Panthers of, of University of Wisconsin Milwaukee um, seemed like free money. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it packed house in there. You know how those north side Milwaukee folks get. Uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think we do. And uh, so, I mean, they just decide you also have Milwaukee over 79 and a half points. Correct? Oh, that's correct. Yes. Uh, 79 what? and a half is the total. You know, they're averaging almost. 80 some, I think, and yeah, GB's given up almost 80 points a game. Yeah, yeah. so clearly the math doesn't make sense. Clearly, they're scoring 70, you know, more than 79 points. You'll win both bets, and here we are going into overtime. <laughs> so, I guess the 15 and a half is certainly out, right? But you Correct. can still certainly, these guys can score what nine points. That's all yeah, you need. It was uh, 81 81 going into overtime. I thought nine points in five minutes. That's I'm, I'm not I'm not asking too much for there. You're not. Am I? You are because they give you eight. <laughs> That's right. You lose by a half, lose both, and then you know in doing so, I know you've been emailing the athletic director, and and this is what I wanted to say, man. I love doing this. It's great. And the thing is, is my my email I did not send because of that win. Because then my email is completely thrown out of court. <laughs> so I'm going to have to redraft one with a different narrative. Maybe I'll talk to Sean Hannity. Perhaps he can help me here. Uh, but it is pretty interesting. Do you plan on following up with him? Because I'm going to have you 
and wants to read some of these emails and, and everyone will understand more at that point. I actually, I will have, I'll read mine to you next week uh, when, and if he responds, but you've emailed him and he has not responded to you, but he responded to your friend 46 times. So what's going on with that? That's, that's correct. Uh, so my buddy, Paul, um, you know, I, he, he went with the pretty elementary approach. Uh, like you said last week, I mean, totally valid questions and uh, <laughs> reasonable. Uh, and uh, I, I went with a different approach. Um, after that embarrassing loss to the, to the Jaguars of IUPUPP, IUP, uh, <laughs> I, am, I am indeed uh, waiting on my uh, response from, from Josh Moon. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I will say, Danny Belts, uh, I, I give him a little bit of respect. I can respect him on waiting till after this big game Monday night um, to respond to me. But there is absolutely no doubt in my mind that my email was on that bulletin board in the locker room in Milwaukee on Monday night. <laughs> you think he slapped your email up for some motivation? If it wasn't him, he definitely forwarded it to the head coach. Um <laughs> Freddie Owens, uh, and and he got it up there. I the players the players read it. I, no doubt in my mind. There's no doubt, no doubt. Well, I tell you what, if only I'd have known that that was on the bulletin <laughs> board. I'm thinking about taking the Phoenix, and I will say it is incredible. Athletic director manages to just try to squeeze every penny out of these guys. Does he not know we're in a recession? Does he watch the television? How everything ends with give to the Phoenix. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> It's remarkable. It's it's remarkable. Uh, the balls on that guy to <laughs> just just be getting shit on and say I, I I get it, but if you don't mind, I could use a few bucks. Um, and you know, hey, while I'm on here, I'm going to use my my platform Anadotions. Uh, the Phoenix do need your support, so <laughs> please please consider giving to the Phoenix Fund. Go Phoenix. Go Phoenix. Please consider giving to the Phoenix Fund, young you back on maybe you can read the email to him like they do that thing uh celebrities reading angry tweets we'll see if you can get through it but i also plan i did a lot of research on his childhood and i'm taking some shots at some cities oh it's gonna be good but uh oh, oh yeah anyway young Wilkin, uh thanks for jumping on uh you'll enjoy the show bro exotic you know he's on the whole gang the drunk neighbor tommy bench and you young Wilkin. anything you want to close with Wow, uh, what a pleasure to be on with an all-star cast this week. That's um, right. Yeah, I guess uh, real quick, Anadotians don't bet against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Jim Mora deserves coach of the year. Look at um, this guy. God bless. Sorry, bro, exotic. Take care. <laughs> See you later, man. <laughs> Good to be back, Anadotians. This is the Drunk Neighbor, uh, Captain's Log, on February 8th, the year of our Lord, 2023. 
not a lot of LSU news lately, so have been a little bit out of the picture. For the first time ever, they had zero signings on National Signing Day. Uh, they got all they needed during the early signing period and continued to work the transfer portal as we've reported on many times, so there's not really any concern there. Uh, there was very few like top 300 players that actually signed on signing day, which is a sign of the times. Um, and speaking of sign of the times, I guess one of the biggest headlines we've seen over the last uh, couple of weeks has been the firing, or not necessarily firing. So when Nick Saban gets rid of people, it's almost like the way that the mafia gets people. They, they're just, they, they vanish. They, they just go away. There's no public firing. There's no public resignation. They just somehow find a job somewhere else. And there's no real public, it just, everyone's just, oh, okay. He left that job and went. Because uh, Pete Golding took the job over at Ole Miss as the defensive coordinator with under Lane Kiffin. So I, I found that one to be a bit odd. Uh, Pete Golding, while I know a lot of the Alabama fans really had a lot of uh, issues with the way that he his defense has ran the last couple of years, the guy is one hell of a recruiter, actually one of the best recruiters in the country. Um, so I think they will absolutely miss that. He is going to be replaced by a very familiar name around the SEC, and that's going to be Kevin Steele. So LSU fans will recognize that name in 2015. He was the defensive coordinator and linebackers coach here under Les Miles. That was Les Miles' last full season. If you remember, uh, they started out 7-0, lost three games in a row, went on to end up beating the Texas Astomouth and saving Les Miles' job. He starts in 2016. They lose to Auburn in a, a wacky last-second play, and then that was it, and the rest is history. But... Kevin Steele, uh, a name that you should be familiar with if you follow the SEC at all, because the man has been all over the place. He's been in the league since 1980, so he was uh, uh, started at Tennessee in 1980, has worked his way around, was actually Baylor's head coach for a little bit, uh, has worked under um, Saban before, has been with Alabama multiple times. This is his third stop there. How wild is that? Three stops in Alabama He's also coached at Auburn as a defensive coordinator. He was their interim coach. I think it was in 2020 when Malzahn got let go. There was a lot of talk that there was like a coup there where he just kind of ran uh, the the Waffle House manager right out of his job there. So it's a very interesting hire because when you look at what they could have gotten, a lot of the a lot of the talk was around maybe going after Jeremy Pruitt, uh, bringing back bringing him back. Who knows what the NCAA is thinking about that? You as we all know he was let go over at Tennessee after some allegations around recruiting violations. So I think they may just be holding that card for later on, maybe. I don't know. I it, It's hard to say. I'd like to see where Jeremy Pruitt ends up. Uh, but it's a very weird move here. Uh, the guy has, and back to his stint at Auburn, so he... It seemed like Yellowwood and all of the big donors wanted him to actually become the full-time head coach. They felt like they could control him. Uh, and again, it sounded like there was like a coup where they got rid of the Waffle House manager, uh, Gus Malzahn, who is now over at Central Florida, but I digress. Um, he has been at, he was at Miami last year where I, I don't think their defense was that great. I remember when he left LSU, one of the funny things is people were saying he was going back to Auburn, not because he really didn't like LSU, uh, but because he was getting on the Alabama pension 
retirement pension program because he's coached in Alabama for so long, which if you go on his Wikipedia and look at the different stints he's had between Alabama and Auburn, you'll, you'd believe it. So uh, that's going to be their defensive coordinator this year. Uh, not a very uh, a headline, not, not a big splash, I would say. Uh, a guy that Nick Saban probably feels that he can control. Um, I, I I would venture to guess there. Uh, not a great recruiter historically, so that is going to be really interesting to see what he does there. Um, and then the other assistant that left out, and, and I'll and I'll circle back to Kevin Steele here, but going over to the offensive side of the ball, they let go of Bill O'Brien or not let go. Once again, he just takes a job in New England somehow upgrades his position, goes over to New England, which I, I think is going to be a good fit for him. Uh, another coordinator that Alabama fans were dying to get rid of, um, we're, we're very happy to see gone, and they replace him with a name that Brian Kelly will be very familiar with, and that's going to be Tommy Reese. Tommy Reese, uh, offensive coordinator, he's only 30 years old, has been at Notre Dame for the last few years. Uh, it's another very interesting hire. So, when you talk about the different directions of your program, you would think, all right, if I'm going to hire a young guy at offensive coordinator, maybe I want to have that stability. It, it just, I, I don't understand really. They're going in two opposite directions with these hires. So maybe he thinks he's getting a little bit more stability over on the defensive side of the ball where he's going to be really running things anyways. And then on the offensive side of the ball, you bring in Tommy Reese, a young up and comer. Uh, if you look at Twitter and message boards, it sounded like Notre Dame fans were pretty happy that he was leaving. There was actually a time where LSU thought that he was going to be part of that Brian Kelly move. Of course, that is not that did not work out. LSU ends up bringing in Mike Denbrock from Cincinnati, which actually has been really good. I, I, I think LSU's offense was made, you saw a lot of improvements throughout the year. But let's get back to Tommy Reese. So Tommy Reese, um, I, I think what Alabama fans are going to like about it, they came in 20th in the country in running the football and if you ever listen to sit with an Alabama fan, they run the damn ball. That's all they want to do. They, they, you know, not that Lane Kiffin revolutionized their offense and changed the way that they play, but it's going to be very interesting to see how they, they adapt to this now that they are going to run the damn ball. I don't know if they're going to bring back uh, enough. So let me scratch that. Not bring back enough. So let, let's talk a little bit about what Alabama can do on offense this year. They are last in the conference of returned production. And you can look this up if returning production, um, and it's a, kind of a stupid stat because Alabama is going to constantly reload. And obviously they lose a lot of production whenever their Heisman Trophy quarterback, uh, Bryce Young, leaves. But there, there's a lot leaving and a lot that has to be replaced. Alabama has, of course, uh, loaded on recruiting classes each year. So I don't know how much that's going to mean. But that means that there's not a lot of continuation year over year for Tommy Reese to just jump in. He doesn't have a veteran quarterback that he's going to be able to just jump right in. But if you're an Alabama fan and you want to be optimistic about that, maybe you say he can mold them the way that he wants to mold them and get him going there. Uh, I am very skeptical on both of these hires. So um, it would be a, you'd be a fool to just sit here and second guess Saban all day. But you know what? Maybe that that's like the whole, you never bet on Brady. Well, you can bet on 
Brady. Bet against Brady because sometimes it doesn't always work out. And I'm not saying that Saban is past his prime. I'm not saying that the game has passed him by. They were two plays away from being undefeated again last year, uh, losing to Tennessee on a last-second field goal and losing to LSU on a two-point conversion. And it feels like the world's coming crashing down on this team. So it's going to be very interesting to see. Uh, Their schedule, just really quick, I I don't think that's a one that we're going to necessarily give an under on uh, because – they play Texas at home, which we'll see what Texas looks like. They should have beat them last year, if we're being fair there. So uh, while I said two wins, two lo- two plays away from uh, winning or being undefeated, they were actually another play away from losing three. And, and, and if you want to add Texas A&M in there, they were another play away from losing four games. So that pendulum could swing either way. Um, I, I would not be stoked if I was an Alabama fan about either of these hires. Uh, I think that Saban's going to be... This is going to be an odd year for them, but they're going to play at Texas or they play Texas at home. They play South Florida in South Florida. Weird, weird place. But most of their SEC games are going to be at home, so I, I don't think that they're going to be in very much trouble. I just, I, I don't. I'm very curious what the next move is. Are they hiring Kevin Steele to promote the guy that they just hired from Southern Miss to become the eventual full-time defensive coordinator? I don't know, but speaking of not having a plan, I wanted to talk a little bit about the State of the Union last night and just one particular part. Uh, Joe Biden started talking about non-compete clauses and then in the same breath said, and I'll save this for Tommy Bench, but in the same breath said, you could work at a burger joint and then you couldn't go across the street and work at another burger joint. I have a very hard time and, and I like to picture, Joe Biden thinks, in his mind that there's like a, a manager at Burger King in the back office just ashing his cigarette as the fry cook comes in and says, well, sir, I'm quitting and I'm leaving for Wendy's. And the Burger King manager, while the Whopper Whopper song is playing in the background, ashes his cigarette out and says, read your contract. You're not going anywhere. I own your ass. I don't know how the hell, like, why is that your example when you're talking about non-competes? I know I'm not the politics guy, but I heard that non-compete thing, and I I have my own issues with non-competes. I I see the point of them, and I see why they're a pain in the ass in some industries as well, but I just thought that that was the stupidest example ever. The last thing I want to talk about is how stupid the people in New Orleans are. I, I talk about Saints fans being so stupid all the time. There is an opportunity to bring in Derek Carr, and I don't understand how Saints fans are not super stoked about that. Like, we, you won seven games last year rotating Jameis Winston, the turnover machine, and then Andy Dalton, uh, who, I mean, let, let's face it, is past his prime, is over the hill, whatever expression you want to use. And, and I will give him a little bit of a pass, too, because a lot of balls he hit people right in the hands and bounce off and the most unfortunate interceptions, which we'll t- we should do a whole episode on how tipped balls off of receivers' hands shouldn't count as interceptions. It's the stupidest. I'm going to watch my language so I don't sound like a cop, Tommy Bench. Uh, so I, it's the stupidest thing you could ever, 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 like, Accuse a court like I've heard people talk about that Arizona game over and over again, and it's so dumb. But anyways, Derek Carr is a proven leader. He automatically, if you sign him tomorrow, is the second best quarterback in the in the franchise history. 
So he's right behind Drew. So I, I don't understand how you could not get excited if you do hire uh, or you do sign Derek Carr. Now I understand the contract thing, and then the if you have to give up like a fourth round pick or something like that. But I, I don't. I th- that's that's besides the point. And people are saying that he sucks. Look, we get it. And yes, you want a black quarterback. Yes, we understand. It has to be Jameis. Yeah, yeah. He's so good. He's gotten not enough chance. Whatever. So, uh, just wanted to say how stupid I thought that the fans around here are. Uh, super excited to be back with you all. Hope Hoping not to do these soliloquies very much more. Uh, I, I don't like talking to myself like this. But... Uh, looking forward to being back in person with Danny Belts and hoping to uh, maybe soon we'll get one of these with me, him, and uh, Bro Exotic so we can really break down the Super Bowl. Last thing, uh, prediction on the Super Bowl. I guess I do we do that now? I, I, I think I like the Chiefs because we talk about the greatest of all time in football all the time and everybody just says Tom Brady, Tom Brady, go, go, go. Congratulations to him on a great career. He's not the greatest quarterback of all time. Like you, he won a bunch of games in big situations. If you have, you know, a season. Like if you're gonna say I need one drive and I need to get down the field, maybe you say Tom Brady. But there's other quarterbacks that you would take in that position too. There's one that used to play right down here in New Orleans, Tom Br- or Drew Brees, that was pretty good at that. You had Peyton Manning, that was really good at it. And then I would say a guy that you would want on that drive and then you would want to have over the span of an entire season is this Patrick Mahomes guy. I mean, this guy is unbelievable. And that's why I don't think that you can bet. And he finds this Travis Kelsey, uh, who I I guess – is actually black. I don't. I don't know. But Travis Kelsey has been unbelievable. He's always open, always open. And so Patrick Mahomes, I, I think, is the best quarterback of all time. I think he's way better than what you're going to see in Jalen Hurts. Though I do see the the significance of the offensive and defensive line for Philly has been fantastic all year, and it's been really difficult. Even though the Saints threw him a beating, but that's besides the point. Uh, I, I do think that that's a tough team. Um, it should be a good Super Bowl, which would be nice to have a good one. Uh, I, whatever. Uh, more of a college guy, as you all know. It can't get any worse than the college national championship, TCU, uh, frogs versus dogs. But uh, yeah, so I, I've rambled on a little bit here, but I, I like uh, Mahomes and the Chiefs in that game. We'll talk about that more next week, but thank you, Anadotians. Looking forward to catching up soon. Bye. Thanks for joining the Sports Antidote, episode number 138. Yeah, it's mine. We'll see what happens in our Super Bowl picks. First half over, 24.5 plus the 107. Chiefs, plus the 1.5. Thanks to the drunk neighbor for coming on with that soliloquy. Excellent, excellent. Bro Exotic, wow. Coming on here and getting lambasted again by the woke Pope. Bro, you should have watched Indiana Jones, only the penitent man. Shall pass. Neil, bro, start praying. Do something because you are an intern once again. You can't make this up. Maybe the woke Pope will come back oh, at this rate probably around May. We'll look forward to that one as well. And thanks to the young Woken for coming on and telling us about stupid losses, motivation with ridiculous emails to an athletic director that cucks and then asks for money. Give to the Phoenix. Give to these nuts, John. <laughs> anyway, once again, Anadotians. The Super Bowl episode, a great one. Reach out, touch a brother. Tell somebody about the Sports Antidote today. Follow us at the Sports Antidote. Keep it real. Antidotes.